0: You're listening a short time to do <laughs> a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Recently, we read a sad but powerful piece in the New York Times written by Meghan, the Duchess of Sussex. In it, she describes her experience with miscarriage writing, as she clutched her firstborn, she knew she was losing her second. Since that piece was published, there have been opinions about whether this should have been shared due to it being a private issue. And from women who say had more of this discussion happened when they were going through it, it may have made a difference.
1: What is wrong with me? Like, what what am I doing
0: wrong? Today, we speak to women who've faced miscarriage, an experience that is shared by so many, but discussed by so few. Today's quickie talks about pregnancy loss. If this is a trigger for you, maybe tune back in tomorrow. And a big thank you to documentary filmmaker Tahina McManus, founder of Pink Elephant's Pregnancy Loss Support Group, Samantha Payne, Olympic swimmer Libby Trickett and survivor of miscarriages and ectopic pregnancy warrior, Kira Rumble. From the moment that second line on the pregnancy test appears, a lot happens in a woman's brain. For some, it will be unwelcome news, a decision that has to be made. For others, it's a surprise that will change their lives. For some, it's the finish line of a hard-fought race.
1: It's amazing. It was the most incredible
2: feeling and just so excited. I was over the moon, elated, bouncing around, jumping for joy, all of the things. Those two lines on that test. It was just everything that I'd been trying for, for several months up until that day. Um,
3: It was the best day ever. It was awesome. Such a lovely surprise to see that come up as positive. You're elated. Overwhelmed with emotions.
1: At the time, we weren't actively trying to fall pregnant. And there was a lot of excitement. But then also this question of, is the timing right?
0: For those who welcome the results, it's the beginning of future planning, of mapping out how you'll adapt and adjust to the new life that will eventually arrive into the world. Sometimes there are fears whether this little life will make it the whole 40 weeks through labour and the months that follow, and those fears aren't unfounded. Every day in Australia, someone will experience a miscarriage every three and a half minutes. Statistics show for every four women who see that second line, one of them won't get to meet their little one. And while it's not spoken about a lot, there are women who are going through a deep grieving process in almost silence.
1: Everything I had imagined came crashing down and it was like everything was ripped away so quickly. And it was just devastation. It was such an overwhelming grief that you can't even put into words. It was just completely devastating.
2: Devastated. shock physical pain like your heart literally breaks and it's like nothing you've ever felt before
3: and nothing can prepare you for it 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 was like the air was just completely sucked out of the room yeah it was just like being punched and just having no breath uh within me and it was just yeah incredibly incredibly sad it was something that was really traumatising
1: because I knew I was losing a baby, but I just wasn't being heard.
0: Early miscarriage is a loss of pregnancy before 12 weeks gestation. Mid-trimester loss is from 12 to 20 weeks, and after that it's considered a stillbirth. It's very common and becomes more so as you get older and the quality of the DNA in your eggs decreases. It's believed up to 80% of all miscarriages are caused by a chromosomal issue, The body picks up that the signals being sent by the embryo aren't quite right, so decides to terminate. And really, it's a miracle we even make any babies at all, seeing as it requires DNA from mum and dad lining up in their chromosomal pairs. But the experience of loss, like we heard earlier, of those who've suffered a miscarriage, while similar to the loss of a child that's been born, is treated very differently. Some may not understand how you could be attached to a baby when you've never met it, when it's just a bunch of cells. Some wonder whose fault it is that the pregnancy didn't last, and we've seen what can happen to women in the public eye who choose to speak out about it. Model and cookbook author Chrissy Teigen was relentlessly trolled by people when she recently documented the loss of her son after a placental abruption. They said it was a personal moment that didn't need to be shared, telling her it was an expression of true narcissism to take photos as it unfolded. The Duchess of Sussex, who's just shared her sadness through a piece written for the New York Times, where she describes changing little Archie's nappy and then feeling an intense cramp, cradling her little boy and singing to him as she realised she was losing her second pregnancy, she was slammed for sharing her personal experience, while at the same time also requesting privacy away from the royal spotlight. The idea that miscarriage is a private and unspoken experience is what led to Tahina McManus to make the new stand documentary The Misunderstandings of Miscarriage. In it, she follows her journey through her first miscarriage, the birth of daughter Echo, and then two more miscarriages, including one that occurred during filming, realising that she didn't find the support she needed when the time arose.
1: At that time, you know, it was 2015, I was only 28, and I had heard about miscarriage, but I assumed it was really rare. And I don't know if I was just conditioned that I felt like I had to carry this grief alone because it made people feel uncomfortable. It was very strange. And yes, it did shock me in a way that I didn't feel comfortable to talk about it. And the thing is, I had told my family. So I had opened up to them, and they didn't really know how to react, and you know, again, they didn't have enough information or education around them to understand miscarriage. So it was like, well, let's all Google and let's all, you know, like speak to people we know who maybe have experienced a miscarriage to to try and understand this. So it was a really confusing time and a very isolating time. It's also
0: what pushed Samantha Payne to create the Pink Elephant Support Group in trying to find out what miscarriage was all about, but finding nothing but medical terminology.
2: I really went down a spiral of self-blame, what am I doing, it's my fault, I'm not a good mother, I don't deserve to have another child, it's that one glass of wine that I had and there was nothing out there that told me it wasn't my fault. And this is a really uncomfortable topic to talk about baby death and miscarriage, it's periods, it's everything of the last taboos left. I really needed someone to validate that it was okay not to be okay after my losses. I really needed someone to say it's okay to grieve your baby and it's nothing you did.
0: Olympic gold medalist Libby Trickett says once the silence surrounding her miscarriage was broken, it revealed a sadness many kept close to them.
3: I had to work really hard to not blame myself. I spent a lot of time thinking that I had done something wrong and just feeling in my bones that it was my fault somehow. I must have eaten something or drunk something that I shouldn't have. You know, you go down so many rabbit holes of ways to punish yourself for something that, you know, is just not your fault. I feel like with my miscarriage, it was over five years ago now, and I still feel like back then it really wasn't spoken about. It was still very much a a taboo topic. So it felt very isolating and very lonely. And, you know, I was the only person that I knew of amongst my friends who had experienced it as well. And then once I started talking to sort of friends and close loved ones about it, I realized that lots of them had actually had miscarriages and, you know, since that time I've had friends who've gone on to experience miscarriages so I think for a really long time people didn't talk about it because it was somehow shameful and you know obviously it's a very personal thing and everybody is individual and in, in how much they want to share but I had no idea how many of my friends had actually experienced it before I did
0: Dr Bronwyn Lee is a clinical psychologist and director at the Centre for Perinatal Psychology and the Centre for Mindful and Reflective Parenting. Dr Lee, how do we get past the shame and guilt associated with pregnancy loss?
4: Well, both shame and guilt are very common emotional responses to a pregnancy loss. I mean, firstly, shame. Shame breathes in silence. So if we want to soften the shame that women and men feel with a pregnancy loss, then speaking out, normalising, destigmatising pregnancy loss is deeply important. And certainly those who are in a position of being able to speak out and share their story, that seems to be very important in acknowledging the importance of care during a pregnancy loss We think about perinatal loss, including miscarriage, as a disenfranchised grief. And what we mean by that is that it is a grief that is either unacknowledged or under-acknowledged by society and by people around the grieving person. And it's this very disenfranchisement that can lead to feelings of shame. So it's vital to acknowledge her motherhood and his fatherhood and the worth of the baby, that this baby mattered, irrespective of the gestational age of the baby. With regard to the guilt that women feel, it is very difficult not to personalise the experience. Even when we may know intellectually, this wasn't my fault, I didn't do anything wrong, the nature of pregnancy and producing a child is psychologically fraught. So the state of mind that a mother enters into in pregnancy is accompanied with heightened anxieties and wonderings about her capacity for protection, to keep her baby alive and well and to keep herself safe. So when pregnancy and childbirth go well, goodness and competence are affirmed. But when a loss occurs, the mother is left with what feels like a failure to protect and that can leave her feeling bad, incompetent, guilty and responsible.
0: Do you think it would make a difference if we stopped this idea that early pregnancy needs to be kept under wraps, needs to be kept secret, that we don't tell anyone until we reach that 12-week wonder mark? I think
4: generally there's a move toward not sticking strictly with the 12-week mark. I mean, that's a bit of an old concept based on previous medical knowledge as it came to hand. So it very much depends on the individual and the couple as to how comfortable they are with sharing pregnancy news very early on. But certainly some do. And for the very view that it can be helpful to share then with people if there is a loss, they want their support from their friends and family. So it may well help to share pregnancy news earlier on.
0: Now, we are seeing women in the spotlight publicly talk about their pregnancy loss. We've seen Chrissy Teigen and just recently the Duchess of Sussex do it. What does that do to see and hear women talk about their pregnancy loss, but then also to see what happens to them when they're torn down by people who say this is a private matter and shouldn't be discussed?
4: Generally speaking, I think it's very positive if those with power and a public profile do speak out because it does place perinatal loss on the agenda. It breaks down stigma and is potentially validating to all bereaved parents who don't have a voice. So generally speaking, it's a positive thing. However, If there is a sense then that, or an experience that those women are also criticised for speaking out, then of course that moves us away from the compassionate understanding that we are wanting to move toward. It reinforces that perinatal loss is minimised and is disenfranchised.
0: So what do our guests today want you to know if you've experienced a miscarriage or are going through it right now?
2: It's not your fault. And i'm really sorry you're going through this and i'm sorry
3: for your loss i think first and foremost it's not your fault i think as women we blame ourselves constantly this is one of those really difficult things in life that it's really hard to understand and it doesn't necessarily make sense but you're certainly not alone it's certainly not your fault
1: I think it's really important to know that grief comes in all shapes and sizes and it's okay to not be okay. You've got the support there and you're not alone. It's nothing you have done. You are certainly allowed to feel everything and there's no time. You can't expect to feel better in two weeks. You can't expect to feel better in six months. I I spoke to a woman actually who 25 years later still suffers depression and anxiety from a particular loss. So you just give it time and nurture yourself.
0: That's the quickie for today. This episode was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, with audio production by Ian Camilleri and guest booking by Mel Zauer.